Are you trying to design your own kitchen using software that doesn't have standard kitchen cabinet sizes and pricing? You better call Paul. Hi, Rose. Can you hear me? This is Paul. Yes, I can hear you well. Thank you. Uh, thanks for calling Better Call Paul. Yeah, I have all of your drawings that you sent, and it was very interesting. This software that you've been working on is called Home Designer, huh? So yes, I've never seen it before. Kitchen designers, we generally use either a 2020 or a, a program called ProCraft because it, it prices out cabinetry or certainly pro kitchens, not pro craft, pro kitchens, because they price out cabinetry as we're designing it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and architects or interior designers, a lot of times might use a, a, a program like this. A lot of times they use something called chief architect that has a little bit nicer pictures and nicer renderings and everything, but they don't price out cabinetry. And because you're not pricing out cabinetry, means that you're not really using sizes that cabinet brands come in. So that's really one of the reasons why when you're designing a kitchen, it's good to be working with a kitchen designer because anything that you're doing can actually happen. Whereas a lot of times Certainly. you realize it, but you know, you're thinking about maybe getting J and K, there's a bunch of cabinets in your design that J and K doesn't offer. You know Exactly. So you're, you end up maybe making decisions or it looks like you must have spent a lot of time working on this, right? I have. Um, so the the reason the background on the software was um, we finished our basement uh, about a year and a half ago. And I was doing some research on, on programs at the time. And I had come across this one and I used it um, for our basement. So since I still had access to it, I, mm -hmm. I tried it out with the kitchen, but I wasn't sure how to render the photos so i apologize that the photos came out came out panoramic no no no, that's fine it's all everything <laughs> you sent me is fine it just that a lot of times i don't know how many hours you spent but you you also oh no no you know even buying your appliances too the more things people do once you yeah. consult us as kitchen designers generally if you can figure out who you're working with you're getting a lot of information that saves you time and a lot of times saves you money because you end up buying different appliances sometimes than you would have bought if you had worked on your design with us. We're guilty of falling into that pressure during COVID when there was such long delays and, and we regret it, but yeah, we're here now. <laughs> yes. Do you want me just to start off with the things that I sort of see about the, the things that you're thinking about doing? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to just get your thoughts on it. We've we've contemplated so many different designs and and ultimately this is kind of what we felt comfortable kind of moving forward with at least getting advice on. Sure. Um, until now we weren't even sure we were ready to to share it, but um Yeah, I mean, I'm I don't so know that happy when I came across your blog about all the different cabinet brands and then I saw saw this opportunity. So, I'd love to pick your brain. Sure. The earlier you come to us, all these things are trade-offs. So I just said to the customer that I I was, we're well not customer, the, the caller that uh, called right before you, that you know she was thinking that the dishwashers goes either on the right or the left, depending on whether you're left or right-handed. When in reality, it's, we want to put the dishwasher where it makes working in the kitchen the most convenient. And it will depend on the individual kitchen, which side that things goes on. But the more this, as people work on their kitchen and, and make all the trade-offs and everything else, they'll come to rational reasons for all of the decisions. And then once they consult somebody that does it for a living, we just give them one additional piece of information and we ruin a whole lot of work and a whole lot of time that they spent thinking on stuff. I mean, you're here now, but in general, you know, once you figure out the company that you want to work with. You can work with us as long as you want. And our design time pretty much at all kitchen places is incorporated into the price of the cabinetry that you're buying. So once you determine who those people are, they'll work with you forever, almost mm -hmm. forever for free, right? And it's going to be, <laughs> their time will come out of the cloth of the cabinets and you'll be all of a sudden spending a lot less of your time because we didn't throw a monkey wrench into the works. You know, okay. that being said, when I start now, we turn around and we say, what monkey wrenches do I see in your kitchen? 
all these things are trade-offs. One is the table and the location of the table that you have. You're not really leaving yourself enough room right now, even to pull out the chair and, and sit. So you need to actually have the table move to the left or move closer to the, the island and your sink to be able to pull the, the chairs out and for the middle person to extricate or even anybody on the side would have to slide to get out. So you need to always leave yourself. The rule is 27 inches. You have to pull the chair out. The chair can't have a thick back and the back will rub against the windows or the wall, but you can stand up if you're thin and get out. But anything less than 27 inches, it's impossible to stand up and walk out. So like right now you've got this is under one and a half and I'm looking at the cabinets, which is you're leaving yourself about 23 inches or so in back, you know, yeah. between the patio door. So you have to move yourself if you want to be comfortably be able to stand up and have people that aren't really thin be able to stand up, you got to move yourself seven inches away from the patio door. Okay. And even when you do that, you're still really not going to be able to get in and out the patio door, right? Right. <laughs> What's outside that patio door? Is your table there now? Uh, this is where our table is now, but our island is significantly smaller right now. I think our island's only six foot at the moment. So okay. we've got space. The table's moved over a little bit more. And the 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 cabinets along the wall where the sink is, those are also about six or seven inches shorter. Okay. Um, but we're not we're not tied to the table. We can we can move that to the formal dining and put in a smaller table if we need to. Yeah, I mean, even the table and the picture that you have is a little bit on the wide side. So if you bought a table that's 41 or 42 inches, that also saves you a couple of inches. So that might okay. be a helpful thing to do. And then how many people in your family? So us and the kids, there's four of us. We've got my mom that lives with us, so five at all times. And then my in-laws watch the kids while we work. So usually any given night, we've got about seven of us. Oh, table. okay. So you're on a daily basis, you want to be able to sit eight at the table. Correct. Yeah. If that's the case, just leave yourself enough room. So your, your in-laws yeah, yeah. and your mom Certainly. is struggling, you know, and, or just <laughs> give them the outside seats. <laughs> give the kids the inside <laughs> seats. So, exactly. So then the other thing is, I mean, the other big sacrifice that you made too, is that you got a 40 inch excuse me, a 48 inch range. What kind of range is this? It's, it's a KitchenAid all gas. So it's a KitchenAid gas range with not a cooktop. It's a range with ovens underneath it. Correct. Right now we've got a cooktop and that, um, that area to the left of the sink has our double ovens, And that's what we wanted to get rid of because it's so bulky right there by the entrance. Mm -hmm. So we, 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 that's, Ideally, the whole remodel, it was for that reason. So um, we got the 48. Now I regret it and wish we had stuck with 36 because our current cooktop is 36 and it's more than sufficient. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this, it's just, this is where we're at now. So well, you also, we contemplated going, yeah. This is a pretty powerful range too, since it's 48. So <laughs> that's this, correct. And you're thinking about using a downdraft. So yeah. We've got the downdraft now with the cooktop, so we figured if we continue with the downdraft, we can, we may have to, we'll have to move um, the vent location, but we can still use a lot of the existing vent and electrical. Yeah. Um, if we don't, then the option is a ceiling mounted one, but I honestly don't know that it would work well enough. Um, is it circulating more of the house there at that point, or is it actually no, the you know, capturing? There's yeah, exactly. in our area. You have your mother living with you, and you mentioned in your thing that you're Indian, right? You're, you're... <laughs> yes, there's a lot of cooking that happens here. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. In our area, I don't know Indian customers that do any kind of authentic cooking. They won't even buy kitchens or homes with downdrafts because downdrafts don't really work very well. And if you're cooking a yeah. lot, lots of spices and everything else, life is a lot better if all the smoke, grease, spices, everything else is getting sucked up. And that's why we're trying to always get their cooktops on a wall where we can vent everything outside. 
So exactly. So the de- like, that's exactly is- why we contemplated swapping the sink and the range, but I just don't know if that ideally if that's like a big no no or well how you feel it would fit there with the window, but well you know what the other thing too is what's the outside of your house made out of? It's stucco. Uh, no, we've got cedar siding. You've got cedar siding, so you'd have to live for a few years with siding changing if you raise the window up or change the window but there's lots of different designs and lots of different ways to get other light in your kitchen or you spent so much money on appliances right what did you spend on appliances yeah. $25,000 oh, yeah. $30,000 uh, we got some good deals but I think we were probably about at 20 at so the time when we when we bought everything putting new windows on the back of your house and not living with this one window that's there, you could put the range in the middle of the the space and put two small windows on either end instead of a window in the middle. And doing that, you'd have to buy two windows. If they were double hung windows and they were Pella's, they might be $300, $400 a window, which is $800. You got some siding work, but the whole project might be $3,000, $4,000. Now you don't have the downdraft ducting system that you're going to need to redo. Does your present cooktop, is it electric or gas? It's gas. So we've got got gas running to it already. So just gas and and downdrafts also don't really work together. Downdrafts are supposed to be with electric stoves because you're pulling air away from the burners on the flames that you're trying to cook with. Exactly. I mean, for me... You got this really expensive appliance package. You got tons and tons of cabinets. You even talked, I think, in the email that you said, oh, we'd really like to have not the appliance garages, but the doors that lift up, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, those doors that lift up. I just didn't know how to model that. So I left it looking like the the, uh, the garage. No, it's okay. So. I don't know that you're going to find them with J&K. I'm not sure. I don't know J&K's catalog well enough. Fabio Wood has them. But- it costs yes. like $600 for each extra to have the doors open that way. So you start adding up the $600, just your appliance garages end up costing you more than the window change to the back of your house. Oh All yeah. of these things, you know, when we're designing somebody's kitchen, we can sort of stop in the middle of the, the design process and we can say, hey, you know, this is all, it's all the same money. So if I change your windows on the back of your house, I may be eating up $4,000 in the budget, but now look, we don't have the, the duct work that has to get hooked up. We don't, if you're going to get a new downdraft, that's going to be way more expensive than a hood might've been. You start micromanaging some of the cabinetry that you're picking to try to save money. And all of a sudden we just, we saved the $4,000 that you were going to spend extra on the window. Even when you're thinking about working at it, when the stove goes where that window is, that's where you're really cooking is at the stove. So you're going to lose the advantage of facing everybody in the rest of the house that you have when you're at the stove now if you're working at the downdraft. But you'll have like five feet of countertop or whatever this expansive amount of countertop on either side of your stove to be able to work at if your stove is over there. Because you don't really work at the area that where your sink is. You work around the area that you cook. So all of that countertop becomes very useful to you. And then if you put something else, some other things on that countertop, like coffee makers or toaster ovens or anything else, you have plenty of room for that too. But they're also all sort of around the area that you're cooking. And then if you do flip these things, then now you're at your sink. There's no reason to have a hood over the top of you. So you don't have to have the hood over the top of you. That would work a lot better if you had your cooktop or your range in your island. But if you had your range in the island and you need the downdraft to be four feet wide. So you're certainly going to have to buy a new unit. It's going to be very expensive. I don't even know if they, I'm not even sure that they make a 48 inch downdraft. You might have to have have two downdraft units to be able to span a 48 inch. You really can't have this little downdraft and this and the really big cooking area that you have and then if you have a hood that works well coming down 
over the area where you're cooking at the island, then that's a big sacrifice. You got a big hood hanging that in the middle of the room. So yeah. I'm a big it's fan a big of that. And I would move the window instead of raising it up. If you raised it up 12 inches, you'll be far enough away from these burners that you won't crack the window. Or if it's an insulated glass window, um, break the seal so that the window doesn't work and steams up and everything. But you also, if you're having a hood hanging down, you'd get a peninsula hood and it would be hanging down in front of the window. So, I mean, it wouldn't be a horrible thing. We, we do it all the time, have a hood hang down in front of the window. You just have to get what's called a peninsula hood, which means it's finished on the back. You don't want your neighbors looking in the, or you don't want you looking in the back of your window and seeing an unfinished hood <laughs> in the back, right? Certainly, certainly. So, but no, yeah, I mean, I think that the goes other thing a long too way. Was to... Kind of the sun that glares in while cooking. I figured that. I mean, we always almost have that blind, the blinds closed at the sink because sun is always blaring in. Mm -hmm. So I think that idea of two on the sides probably makes more sense so that you know, we're not blinded by the sun because we, we obviously wouldn't put any window treatments on it if we put the range there. But Yeah, I mean, um, the thing too about the window treatments that nobody thinks about is heat, when things that are hot depressurize. So when things that are hot depressurize, right, because, you know, hot air is thinner than cold air and the cold air wants to rush in and replace the area where the hot air is. So why am I, what am I talking about? Any blinds or things that you put on the window, the second you turn on the burners, they billow out over the flames. So it, exactly. <laughs> and the colder it is, the more they're billowing. You know, you don't want to put any kind of window treatment on the window. No, no. The stove is going in front of it. Unless I guess it was a exactly. treatment that was in the interior of the glass. All of this stuff is fungible. So you, when you're shopping for cabinets now, you can just change the design and make the, uh, the design a little bit different to save a little bit of money. Like the, the tall cabinet that you have on the end by the refrigerator after all of the garages that you have, that tall cabinet there is 42 and 18, is 60 inches high. So I know Fabiwood doesn't make it. Once you talk to J&K, you're not going to find a 60 inch high door, probably. No, I I just modeled it that way to fill the space, but the one mm -hmm. I had in mind, I think, I think Debbie Wood makes one where it's like two drawers on the bottom Has first. Has two drawers on and the bottom, then, right, yeah. Yeah, but I was thinking that one, but I, again, I, I wasn't sure how to model that, but I wanted to just give the the overall look of what we were thinking. Sure. Um, and I, I think you're right, J&K does it. And I do believe they offer the option with like two knee drawers and then putting one on top, but we'd have to double check the measurements mm -hmm. on it. Um, I saw one in their showroom that kind of looked like that where they did two knee drawers, um, or they might've been from the vanity section, but two drawers and then a cabinet on top, but okay. it somewhat custom, not, not a stock piece. So the other thing too, that I think people don't think about if you get these appliance garages, well, I guess your software doesn't have the right widths. We want an appliance garage to be as wide as possible. So like a 30 inch appliance garage is sort of typical so that, you make the wall cabinets above 30 inches and then you roll up the appliance garage and then you can access the appliance. If it was, let's say, a coffee maker or a toaster oven, you could pull it out onto the countertop that's in front of it and then you could use it. You'd only have 12 inches of countertop to work on, but it, it sort of all works. But when you get the flip-up right. doors, there's two kinds of flip-up doors. There's the Both are very expensive, but the ones that flip up and stay sort of at... 90 degrees. The problem with those is now they're in your way if you're trying to work at the countertop, right? If you pull out the coffee right. maker, you can't get any water in it because the door that's opened up is in the way. So, or a blender, right. you couldn't put anything in the blender. So there are other doors that Fabiwood sells that fold all the way up so that they cover the yeah. doors to the wall cabinets above. And those are the most expensive cabinets of all because that, of course, hinge is the most expensive of all. So that's like $750 exactly. a cabinet extra. Like I think the cabinet itself is maybe $1,500 just for one of them. Oh, wow. The Fabby Woods ones were the ones I was looking at, but I didn't realize that. Yeah, that I mean, I have to look it up, but 
they were well over $1,200, I think. But again, all of this stuff too, it's going to be a beautiful kitchen. If you just had it opened underneath, you would leave these appliances exposed. But the beauty then is now all the outlets are also accessible. And you also have countertop that you could be working at. Someone takes something out of the refrigerator. You can't really put them down on the countertop. Well, I mean, anything big you couldn't put down because you only have 12 inches of countertop in front of these things. If you had countertop that was full depth, you wouldn't be able to hide all the stuff that you want to hide. But you suddenly have countertop to be able to take stuff out of the refrigerator and put down. And then if maybe you put a big pantry cabinet on either side of the refrigerator, that could be the place where you hide some appliances and some other things. That's what the sort of designers were supposed to do is sort of think through. You've thought through that you want to hide the appliances, but you haven't thought through how much it really ruins the countertops that you might want to use. Um, I, I think our problem is that our, our countertop, is the more that we have accessible, the more just fills <laughs> with junk because we've got two toddlers and lots of grandparents. That, mm-hmm. So it just becomes the dump zone for everything. Now, of course, I need to create a solution for the dump zone, but this was a this was sort of my thought of well, if there just isn't space to put anything, maybe you won't dump here. <laughs> right. But um, maybe that's kind of could... our concern that everything just piles up on the countertop. You don't really have any pantries anywhere, so maybe if you slid down your refrigerator and put a pantry cabinet on each side of your refrigerator, that would make the refrigerator look built in so that you you know the pantry cabinets and the cabinets over the top of the refrigerator would be enclosing the refrigerator and then that would get you to the corner and then you'd put your microwave and everything else you could move your microwave down it's going to be a microwave drawer i assume so ours it it's built in but it's actually a pull down handle Oh, it's a pull-down handle. So you don't want it though yeah. on right next to the refrigerator. And it's not because of the heat or anything. It's because you don't want someone to have the door down and then you open the refrigerator and dent it. So it's sure. better that microwave is better off being removed from being close to the refrigerator. Also so that people can be working at it and using it and not have the refrigerator door hit them when they're standing there. So you want to move things sort of separate things that's a good location for the microwave, but better maybe down at the other end so that people could be accessing the microwave, taking stuff out of the refrigerator, putting it on the countertop in between the two or whatever. And then if you did put some pantries there, that's a lot on either side of the refrigerator. That's a lot of food storage and then, or some food storage, but it also can can help you hide things. Um, Certainly, we've we've got a we've got a nice pantry, but they put it in a very awkward location. It's actually right behind that wall, um, so you have to kind of go around, go down the hall, and it's on the other side of the stairs. So okay. it's not the most convenient location, unfortunately. And I think that's also why things pile up since the pantry is so kind of far away. We we thought about for the longest time opening up that wall right actually where we have this microwave and that upper to the left of the fridge, mm-hmm. but it would compromise other things in the house. Um, there's a, two or three different air return lines and there isn't enough space for us to relocate those right. from the basement or for up top. So it would have been great. It would give us a straight shot to the pantry, the butler's pantry, where we've got a little coffee bar and straight into the dining room. But unfortunately, there's too much stuff in the way. So maybe structurally. If you put a panel on the right side of your refrigerator to close it in, then you would have a three foot or a 30 inch wide pantry to the left of your refrigerator. You can keep your food and everything down in the other pantry and then hide as much stuff as you might like in in that pantry that you take out and you put on the countertop. Certainly. But whatever, you can think about that. I guess the other thing that jumps out at me is the bar sink that you have that it's a very small bar sink and the cabinet that you have it in now is like a one foot cabinet. You want, even if you had the bar sink only be 11 inches wide, you want to make sure that the countertop is wide enough on the front and on the side of it so that it doesn't crack. 
Correct. Like, it just needs to be a bigger cabinet that your sink is in and or move the sink down one cabinet. Sure. This um, this software didn't allow me to to change the size, but so the only reason I even put it there is actually because we have one there now. Um, and it's actually like a skinny, long, um, it's in a one foot cabinet, but the sink itself is almost like a six, six inches wide by uh, 10 inches long. So it's almost like you fill it with ice. You can stick a champagne bottle in it. Not very okay. useful unless you're hosting, but um, unfortunately I couldn't model that correctly. But sure. if um, we, I did want to ask you though, what your thoughts were just overall kind of um, value added of having the second one. If we were to swap the range in the sink and put our sink into the main island, um, is there really much benefit of having a second one at that second island or would it be yeah. all the same if we, we just took it out, I guess? I mean, I don't know. Actually, it's really interesting. I, I like that. That was a really nice feature that they, I mean, it's not really very functional as a sink, but putting ice and wine bottles and stuff, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I think they, I've used it the most to fill like, uh, what are the, like the serving trays? Um, there's a name for them and I can't think of what they're called, but um, with the servos that you heat up, kind of the serving mm -hmm. uh, trays when you're hosting. I actually end up using that sink the most because I feel the water from right there and then we line up the food on that second buffet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think you need it, but you already have plumbing there. So if you wanted to add a sink there, it doesn't cost you really anything. What are your countertops sure. now? Are they? Uh... Uh, we've got, uh, they're quartz. They look like marble, but they're, they're quartz. At the oh, okay. And what kind of countertops are you going to get when you redo your kitchen? Um, we're kind of thinking maybe the same thing, but slightly changing the color tone a little bit just to kind of match. Um, the cabinets are original to the home of 1994, but when we purchased the home two and a half years ago, um, a property management group bought it for a close and they flipped it. So they, they did a really nice job refinishing the cabinets and they painted them a nice light gray, mm -hmm. um, but they're just not functional. It's just based on size. It's a lot of mini cabinets, like nine inch, 12 inch right, right. kind of thing and, and no drawers of any kind. So that's really our main reason to switch, but uh, we are thinking to go with, with an off white. And then that kind of leaves us with some room of either uh, maybe a granite with a little bit of speckle in it, or we'll just continue with um, that marble look, but in, in a quartz, mm -hmm. kind of the same thing, because the, the floors were stained extremely dark. So we don't so want the only reason to, to put in. The only reason I was asking is, you you know, you can't really save all your countertops, but that one countertop could be saved if you wanted it, right? You could, Certainly. You could Certainly. pull it up and even, I don't know what kind of condition the sink is in, but you could save that whole little thing and just redo it or reconfigure it and then put it all right back if you wanted to. If the new countertops that you got went with that countertop and you liked it at all and you wanted to keep that sink unit that you have. I can't imagine that that was Absolutely. the sink that was in the kitchen originally because it's it's a very, it's a, a, it's a more contemporary sink. So it's only been around for a few years. Exactly. I, th I think it was a feature that they may have added when they when they redid everything. Um, the other option is we may put it into the basement and kind of put it as part, part of a basement bar. We finished everything in the basement except for the small little kitchen area. Mm -hmm. We were hoping to reuse some of this downstairs when we eventually did the uh -huh. upstairs. So if we can make it work downstairs, we'll move it. If not, and we, if we can find the same countertop again, then that, that certainly is an option. Um, Right now, I think we've got, we just don't have enough because we've got the double oven. So there's some countertop missing there. And then if mm -hmm. we, uh, the current island, they made it very oddly shaped. Um, the cooktop's at the very corner and oh, so yeah, there's no dark. room at all to put anything next well, to the cooktop on the right. <laughs> you can never really use countertops again, but that just that one small section might be the only exactly. time I would ever encourage somebody to try to salvage anything. So yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So I guess other than those things, what's happening with the, it looks like, is your ceiling a vaulted ceiling or what kind of ceiling do you have? Uh, no, it's, uh, we've got nine foot ceilings and it's okay. a straight ceiling across. Um, and then there's a, we've got another floor above it. Um, but past this, the two pillars, 
it goes into the family room. So it's a it's a pretty expansive space. Um, so it feels open when you're there. It feels like a very open layout, um, but there's no vaulted ceiling in the kitchen. When you go into the family room, it's a two-story, 20-foot ceiling. And then are there any themes coming like from the end of the walls to the pillars and across or anything or in the design, the pillars are just going to the ceiling. But, you know, the the reason I'm asking is you have your cabinets going up to uh, 96 inches. I, I guess right now you have probably a crown molding on top of the cabinets and then just open space Correct. above them, right? Correct. We were thinking maybe a six inch filler and then maybe a six foot, a six inch molding to kind of just seal that off. But I don't know if that's too, is that too outdated or is that still, still I like that. kind of okay? Yeah. I mean, I like that better, I think, than, and the way you do it, because you're thinking about getting off white cabinets. Right. You said. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you don't do the moldings from the cabinet company. You do the moldings in unfinished wood and you take like a a one by 12, essentially, that goes all the way from the top of the the cabinets to the ceiling. And then you have a five inch molding that goes between the ceiling and that one by and goes up and down. And then if you wanted to make the edge of that one by a little bit fancier the contractor could just round over the edge or put a profile on the edge sometimes we use tall baseboards that have a a profile we turn them upside down but i think it's much nicer closed in and then you know you don't get dust on top of your cabinets as your molding gets bigger it's getting closer to the ceiling and it's looking sort of funnier so I, I like that. But then the reason that you're doing it too, you're going to have all these big long moldings and some long molding runs in your kitchen. And if you did it from the cabinet company, that moldings would, those moldings would cost you like $4,000 in molding and, or, or oh at least. And if you did it yeah. and the carpenter, if he's really good, he'll, they're all going to come pre-finished. So he'll do a really good job of cutting all the moldings and the day he's finished, they'll look beautiful. But then a year later, they'll have all, because they're such big, long pieces of wood, they'll have expanded and contracted. And every seam in a light colored finish will now be a black line. If you do this in unfinished wood, you can caulk the seams and then go to the paint store. They'll scan one of your doors, color match it, and then mix a paint that will pretty much perfectly match your cabinets. And then you have the contractors paint the moldings to match the cabinets. And then a year later, when the molding expands and contracts, you've got a gallon of extra paint. You just caulk the seams if they've opened up a little bit, and then just take out your paint, stir it all up, and then touch everything up. And it's all touch-upable because it's water-based paint instead of a solid enamel from the cabinet company. That's not, you can touch up cabinet cabinets with liquid paint. Doesn't. Okay. So yeah, so I, I, I'm a fan of doing that. Yeah, that, that certainly makes um, much more sense to do. I, I agree that that's a good one. I don't feel the overall look of this house really goes with too modern of a kitchen. If mm-hmm. we were to go with the glass cabinets with lights, I don't think it's the right look. Um to really it's more of like a contemporary modern home mm-hmm. so we figured having proper molding and millwork would be would be better so to, yeah. to kind of well, it's also very space. expensive to get the little cabinets on top that's the most expensive route the little cabinets on top yeah. are more expensive than the big cabinets underneath them anything else that i see you have on one side of your sink a dishwasher what's on the other side of your sink now it's that's the uh, just a garbage recycle pullout. Oh, okay. So it's just going to be a trash recycling. If you do decide to move your sink to the island, they can move too. <laughs> and uh, oh, absolutely, yes. Then I would I would probably put the dishwasher to the right and the garbage to the left, so it's close to the table. Oh, that's <laughs> a good idea. Functional. Yeah, and... yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how I had it in my in the opposite design, but I didn't model both. I just modeled one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I figured, and then because we've got the big table and just the shape, um, it didn't make sense to us to try to do any seating at the island because we didn't want to go just so crazy oversized. I think what we have is 
is big enough as it is. Um, and I wanted to have full access to those cabinets on the on the back side of the on island. The uh huh. Yeah. So you certainly but, don't need once you're going to have if you want full access on the back side and you don't care about seating, you don't want to overhang anything, right? Once you overhang, you yeah. no longer have access. Um. All right. So I mean, so, I think all of those I things. I guess are I have good. one. Sure. Fire away. Oh yeah, I do have one question for you. So you mentioned um, with the possibility if I move the fridge over a little and I put in a um, a pantry to the left mm -hmm. of the fridge. Um, I guess it's essentially probably the same issue if someone's trying to use the microwave at the same time as the fridge. But um, do you think it would be worth trying to do the built-in microwave into the pantry? Kind of similar. To, it would be a little custom, but it'd be similar to like a a wall oven, but just for the microwave. Um, or do you still have the same concern that someone opening the freezer while using the microwave and damaging well, the freezer. You have the same problem, but that now there's a reason for it to be there. You know, before there was no reason yeah. for it to be there. You could put it in any base cabinet. Why have it in the place that it could damage the refrigerator? But if you do put a pantry next to the refrigerator and you want it to build in the oven cabinet into it, you totally could. You said that this is a door that folds down. Correct. So you would just put it maybe in the top of the bottom of the pantry so that when it folded down, the door was sort of even with countertop height. And then you don't really have a door folded down that often. So I don't really worry about it that much, especially when it's just a little bit higher that it's sort of in your face and not something that can be forgotten as easily. But at least there's a sure. room for it. The reason it's there is you're putting it in the tall cabinet and keeping these deep things together is what makes them all look built in. So exactly. that makes sense. That makes sense because you're keeping the deep stuff together. But if it's going to go underneath the countertop, there's just no reason to have it. And it will work a lot better higher up, right? So it will be much exactly. more useful to you if it's in the pantry cabinet. I agree. That was our initial thought. And then we weren't sure if it would flow very well. But I, I guess I didn't realize as much that the fridge isn't getting its full built-in effect without actually having another deep cabinet next to it. So mm -hmm. Can you hold on one second? Hold on sure. one second. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> Thanks. All right. <laughs> I, uh, the, I had someone at our front door and I'm not in my office today. I'm sitting in my kitchen when I'm, re I'm recording this. So. Uh... Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, no, I uh, appreciate all of your time. Um, yeah, so, I, I certainly appreciate all of the insights that you've given us and, and good options to change and make everything work very well. Yeah, I mean, it's all up to you. I mean, all these things are all trade-offs that you just, you get all the information from us and then you just decide what the things that you want to do are. You know, certainly the fold-down door works way better with the pantry, even though you do have the one little worry now the, the fold-down door is just at the height that you want to take stuff out and put on the countertops or do anything else with, and it all looks built in. Exactly. You could also have no windows and close it up and have no windows where your range is, and it's still a big open space and has lots of windows, at least on one side of the kitchen. So all this stuff you decide, we just give you the, a little bit more information and you decide what to do with it. And then J&K is a good brand. I think fa we like Fabulwood a little bit more. They're a little bit more versatile. Absolutely. Cool. I'm waiting to see if our contractor gets selected to be a dealer with them. Um, I've, I've liked everything I've seen so far, but we are we're, we like who we're working with. So they're they're trying right now. We're hoping it goes through and that we can choose um, Fabulwood. I mean, you know, that's one thing that I don't like, though. Contractors should not be selling cabinets. Can they work with Fabuid without being a dealer? You don't want to buy your cabinets through the contractors. And the reason is they're not designers. I mean, I guess they're a design and build. Is it a design and build company? That's what they do. Generally, <laughs> so they mostly build hotels, but they're um they're they're our best friends. So they're they're doing our kitchen for us, but they actually build hotels typically. I would find a dealer, unless they're family or something and they're gonna become a dealer and then sell you the cabinets for cost or something like that, then they would be saving you money. 
people that don't design kitchens for a living, it's really complicated. And you oh, don't- absolutely. They're not doing the design work. That's, that's us. If, if we, like I, I'm doing the design work, um, all of this so far. Yeah, but and you're then, not, but, but you know, you're play, you're, you're having, you're, you're playing when you're designing, right? That there's stuff, it takes a long time to vet and to understand a lot of the issues that go on with cabinets and how everything's operating with everything else that people just don't, you know, don't consider. So, and then the ordering process, when you're ordering things, you know, it takes a village practically to order a kitchen correctly and then to process any kind of mistakes or problems that happen. People that aren't ordering a brand of cabinets for a living, it's just a recipe for disaster. So it certainly, I would, you know, I would get a quote from some company that actually sells these brands and at least compare it to the price that you're getting from these people. If it's remotely close, buy it from a dealer that has a long-term relationship with the cabinet brand, can process any defects, any issues, will be able to take responsibility for the measurements and making sure that everything fits and everything works, can help the contractors understand installation and how your moldings are getting installed on top of the cabinets if you're reaching the ceiling. I mean, they probably could figure that out on their own if they're building hotels. But as far as kitchens goes, there's going to be lots of stuff that you're not just not going to realize that you have that problem now. You have all of these small cabinets because the person that designed your house didn't work with a kitchen designer. They probably were a builder too. And they just did the design themselves and then ordered all these cabinets in, yeah. in silly sizes. Yeah. So th- there's that, that's certainly more, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. There's way more than sizes. And then when somebody prices this stuff out when they've never done it before, they'll get the overall price for the kitchen and they won't be able to tell you because they don't even know how to use the software to put it on the computer. <laughs> right. So they won't be able to price certainly. it out. They'll just order these things and then. You, you know, yeah. no one will mention to you that it's costing you $1,200 for each of your fold-up doors, right? Or, no, exactly. They, so they, you'll just get a price for, from looking at this kitchen in Fabulwood, this is saying to me $20,000, $21,000 or something like that. In fact, yeah. possibly if you add the full pantry and some other stuff. But twenty thousand dollars exactly. in Fabulwood, you'll get this number, and you won't realize that four thousand or five four thousand or five thousand dollars of it is fold up doors, right? <laughs> so certainly, you, you certainly. want somebody to say you want somebody to be helping you, not just making sure that it all works, but that they've got experience ordering, not just ordering a kitchen, which these guys don't have, but ordering in the brand that they're ordering in. Yeah, exactly. They've got a lot of experience using J and K, which was which was how I we got into all of it. But after diving through the through your website, I I came across Fabulous. I don't think we have anyone here nearby, and that was kind of the other problem. Um, I think it's almost two hours away for me to get to the closest uh, Fabulous dealer. You in, if you're isn't J and K North Jersey? Uh, no, no, no. I'm in the uh, J&K that's in Illinois. Oh, okay. Grove, I forgot. I didn't, I didn't realize J&K was in Illinois. So J&K is a good brand, but they're not designing ki- kitchens. I mean, you get a price from them and then go to a J&K dealer. If there's a J&K dealer near, if, if the price is remotely similar, I think it's way better to be getting yeah. from the dealer. Okay. I'll do that because the, the local one that they work with, they provide, they do, they they assist with, I don't know if all of the J&Ks are that way, but the one here, um, they'll do all your 3D modeling and everything for you. You just go in with, um, they don't work with the public. They only work with with contractors, but they'll do they'll do a lot of that stuff. So it's, it's a little different. It's not the same type of design service that you guys are providing, but they will at least do the fit checks and things like so that what, to help what is avoid. It? J&K's actual factory will sell out of the factory to contractors and they'll do design work for the for the contractors. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the the lo- location here does that. So they were yeah. they work with them for a lot of their properties and and so they they said they'd have them do ours as well. And they're also not designers. Little bit of knowledge tends to be a dangerous thing. If it's you know, if you're saving a whole lot of money, 
then maybe the headaches and the problems that you inevitably have will be worth it. But usually the dealers, like if you're going to the J&K factory and you're ordering from the factory directly, the dilemma that that factory has is that they have a lot of J&K dealers that are probably relatively close to them. And if they were selling cabinetry out of their showroom for that much less to anybody that had a dealer close to them, they wouldn't be able to have any dealers around them and they would piss everybody off. So we have a cabinet brand like this. We work with Wellsford. It's a custom cabinet brand and they're not that far from us. Well, Wellsford can't Mm -hmm. really sell to the public for very much less than we sell to the public for, if less at all, because they would have like a Frankenstein movie with the townspeople and pitchforks and and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever. But all of their dealers would be up in arms that they were undercutting right. the dealers. So your contractor probably, he gets to buy directly from them, but the whole process probably, I, I'm suspecting it's not going to save you that much money, but just check with a dealer. When you get the thing designed, yeah. you can have it designed through them. And they won't even mind if you steal the design as a regular dealer would because they're still getting the sale, right? There's someone still sure. buying cabinets from them. So you could actually work on your design for longer. But the first, as soon as you get to a, a, a real dealer, you should be getting some better help. Right, right. And, and get pricing from both places. I would work with the dealer to get the better help and then price it if I could with after I get the thing designed with the dealer, then have it priced through your the people that you know and through the factory and then just see what the difference sure. is. That, that's a good idea. I think I, I felt bad going that route if I wasn't sure, 100% sure if I would be purchasing from, from the designer or not. Yeah, no, I, I now I be... understand better how you got to this, that you're getting it from yeah. the factory or whatever. I, I will be surprised if there's much of a price difference, just because like I said, people okay. up in arms. And then the people that yeah. are doing the design, they're getting paid possibly a tiny, tiny fraction of what the people at the dealer are getting paid because the dealer's people are kitchen designers. And in the world of kitchen design, if you're working for the factory as a kitchen designer, designing these things, you're making less than they are at Home Depot and Lowe's. You might need to know the software to help ordering or whatever, but it's just working in the industry of the production is much less lucrative than working in the retail section. You should be getting better people when you're going to a retail locate, when you go into a whatever, sure. a dealer. So we would hope. <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah. Not a yeah. guarantee. The person at the sure. dealer no, is getting it's... overpaid and the person at the factory doesn't realize that he's being underpaid and doesn't realize where she doesn't realize that she could be out in the world doing a lot better. Or, you know, there are a lot of kitchen designers that don't like the public. So they really like doing this and getting underpaid only because they're not comfortable selling things and dealing with the public and having individual customers that you're responsible to. No, that makes sense. And and they they do only work with contractors um, and not the public. So I, I think you're you're right. They kind of just are behind the scenes and, and prefer to be that way in that in that office. But I think I'll definitely explore. Um, we do have a nice um, uh, one nice showroom right near us with a lot of um, with a lot of designers. We just didn't want to waste anyone's time. Yeah. So I think we may just kind of sit down and price it out and just see how big of a difference it is. We'll find out if they carry J and K. I mean, that's the good thing about a showroom. I'm friends with a, a kitchen designer. We carry Fabiwood. They carry J and K. They carry Craftmade. They carry a bunch of different higher end brands. We carry a bunch of middle priced higher end brands, custom brands. But the designers that work with me, we sell Fabiwood. We sell less expensive cabinets than Fabiwood. We sell Cubitech. We have a stock brand that we sell, but the designers that work for me, they're do the same people that are designing custom kitchens in the custom brands. So they have to be sure. really knowledgeable. So you have all of this design experience. And when they're working on kitchens that are less expensive per hour, if you figure it out, we don't make much difference in the amount of money on an inexpensive sale as we do from an expensive sale because the custom cabinets 
there's so much stuff and so much customization that's involved that you're working 70, 60 hours on somebody's kitchen. Whereas in your kitchen, we could do the design. You could have a couple of appointments to, to modify it and you're all done. Their catalog isn't so big and what they offer isn't so different that it's that much work that we're putting in. Certainly, certainly. So if you find a place that sells inexpensive brands and expensive brands, that will get you when you're buying a less expensive brand, the more sophisticated designer that's just selling you the less expensive brand. Because you could walk into a kitchen place and their business model might be, we only sell custom cabinets, in which case you're going to get a price for cabinets that's going to be triple the price of the J&K price. You know, you get a glass of champagne when you come into their showroom. And <laughs> that's just the business model that they're working with. But once you have a yeah, business yeah. model where we're selling all of these different brands, we will actually be, I think, better kitchen designers than the custom places because we have to be that versatile to, be, to know about all these different things and that much further up on the market. When you just design custom kitchens, it's a luxury. You can learn nothing about kitchen design because anything that you hand draw or anything that you design, the cabinet brand will just create for you. So you don't even realize that there are innovations in our industry or other things that you can do because somebody's catering to you essentially with everything that you're ordering. Yeah. So. yeah, there's no obligation to to be, you know, at the at the top of your game to know exactly what's going on and and fitting yeah. in semi, you know, working with stack numbers, but also semi customing it to, to how it's yeah. needed. And you have no idea how to sell. Can, yeah, you have no idea how to save people money either. So really, if we're designing your kitchen, we're supposed to be helping you not just designing the kitchen, but making good decisions, maybe spending the money that you have in a better way coordinating colors, doing all of these, there's a whole, our jobs are all encompassing. And if you're only dealing with one cabinet brand and it's a custom cabinet brand, you're not serving the people that walk in the front door. Some people you might be serving in an okay fashion, but everybody else you're forcing into that one brand that you sell. You don't have everybody's best interest at heart when you don't even sell the array of cabinetry, everybody that has different pricing needs wants to buy. Exactly. If you need any more input anytime in the future, feel free to give us a buzz. You thought about flipping the things. It's all up to you. Everything works. The distances other than the table tweaking to move the table a little bit away from the door and everything. Then just, I would make the, not even the Island, but maybe even have the sink area, you know, a little bit shorter so you can get through. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I appreciate um, all of all of your input and time today. I think you've left me with some good things to think about. So um, we've got a good path moving forward. Okay. All right. Great talking to you, Rose. Good luck with your kitchen. And um, if you do need any more help, just feel free to give us a buzz. Will do. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Mainline Kitchen Design Podcast with nationally acclaimed kitchen designer Paul McElary. This podcast was brought to you by Brighton Cabinetry, high-quality custom cabinetry at competitive prices. For more on kitchen cabinets and kitchen design, go to www.mainlinekitchendesign.com.